Hey everyone, this is DJ Dan from Tune World's Outdoor Radio Show. I did an awesome, awesome interview with this awesome artist. Um, he is an actor and dancer in the Chicago musical. Um, and I wanted to do an interview with him. His name is Brent Huser. And um, here's the interview I did with him. At the end of the interview, I will be playing one of his awesome songs that you can check out everywhere. Great. Happy uh, Thursday. Yep. <laughs> it's almost Friday. Um, almost Friday, absolutely. Okay, I have some questions for you. Some questions for me. I would love to answer them. Okay, how did you get into um, the dance and acting? The dancing, acting scene? How did I get up into that? Yeah. Um, I actually, my story is not quite the same as many kids. Um, I was not one of those that started at a young age. I started doing theater after I played sports, majorly, um, majorly uh, football um, in my high school career. And then I switched over when I was a sophomore, started doing plays, started doing musicals. Um, I had to do a theater credit for um, for high school. So I took it, loved it, fell in love with it, and then kind of uh, stumbled into it, got really good at it, and um, went on to college for it. So my whole, uh, you know, wanting to do it since I was a child, little, you know, kid, is not quite, you know, the same as some other kids can say that. But um, I definitely, um, I was a late blossomer as far as getting into the theater. But once it, once it stuck, it stuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was that about the dancing, too? Dancing, I did not start doing till I was, um, till I went to college. Um, I faked it. I did a musical for uh, Elyria High School, um, Anything Goes, which is actually like a tap musical. Um, and I faked, uh, faked it till I make, you know, faked it till I make, as they say. Uh, faked my way through that and kind of, um, you know, fumbled the steps and stuff because I wasn't really a dancer there. I could always move. Actually, when I was a real young kid in first grade, I, uh, they couldn't tear me off the dance floor at my aunt's wedding. The lights came up at the end of it and I was still rushing out there to shake, you know, shake yeah. my whole thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, as far as like, uh, actual dancing, I started doing that until I was in college. Um, and uh, I took ballet, tap, jazz, everything for, two years at a conservatory called American Musical Dramatics Academy in New York City. And then uh, fast forward to auditioning for Chicago and booking it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I love to dance. I, um, I, I find that when I'm not, you know, when I'm not engaged and I'm not taking classes, um, like, you know, I have some time off. I've been touching a lot of time off um, during work weeks of being with the tour of Chicago and stuff and traveling around that I've been using at my parents' house. I'm staying with some family um, in between work days because I don't really, I'm a gypsy, you know, get to travel around and do all that stuff. So in between, I stay with my family. Um, but I find that when I'm not taking dance classes, I'm not energized. I love to dance. I really do. Gotcha. So, yeah. What's your favorite um, character you like to play in like Chicago or whatever you do. Favorite character? Yeah. Um, as far as, sorry, favorite character that I want to play or that I have played? Yeah, have like been played like you. Um, that I have played. I, I really love playing Fred. Um, actually, well, okay, it's, it's hard. It's hard to pick. 
Um, I love being Fred Casely in Chicago. I'm the uh, the sleazeball, you know, guy that comes in the beginning of the show, sleeps with Roxy, walks out on her, and then gets shot. And, I mean, how fun is it to, to play pretend and die on stage every night? That's fun. Um, but it's really you know, isn't that fun. Um, but, um, you know... Oh, you know, that, that's just such a great role because I get to dance and I get to, you know, have my moments with Fred. And I actually understudied the lawyer, Billy. And actually, when I first auditioned for Chicago, I, I, that's exactly what I told myself I wanted. I said I wanted to be a dancer in the show and I wanted to understudy Billy, the lawyer, um, the, the male lead. And um, because I wanted to have the possibility of having more acting and singing along with the dancing. Um, you know, more like a featured role, you know, um, something to really sink my teeth into a bit more as far as acting chops. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's been, that's been great. But I mean, I, you know, I don't know if they typecast me. I'm a very nice, I, I mean, I like to think I'm a very nice person, you know, yeah. in person, but I get cast as a lot of, you know, dare I say pricks on stage. Um. <laughs> I get cast as a lot of, uh, the jerks, the whatever, and I think because I'm six foot seven, that plays into it. There's an intimidation factor there of just being on stage and being very tall. So cast me as the jerk or as the bad guy or that kind of stuff. Or, or the other side of it is the you know the male lead, um, strong male um, lead there. Um, but you know, I, I really get a lot of roles for um, playing the jerk. So with that. I recently, a couple of years ago, got to play, um, do you know the movie 9 to 5? Remember yeah, that movie? Yeah. Old school. Dolly Parton movie, right? Dolly Parton, everybody in there. Yeah. I got to play the boss in 9 to 5, um, who's, again, this just really over-the-top, chauvinistic um, jerk of a boss that, you know, hits on all the, all the women in the office and ultimately gets what's coming to him by them. Um, and I think just playing that over-the-top really just real, real, real uh, chauvinistic character um, was just fun. <laughs> so. Well, that sounds fun. Playing, being yeah, in it, plays and touring everywhere. It's, uh, it's pretty dope. Um, like I said, it's, it's, I've, I've, um, I've, I've, had a, I've had a good run. I get to travel around a lot. And, uh, you know, when, when I have these weeks off of, of work, it's kind of when I'm like, okay, you know, I got to keep myself moving, keep myself moving, because being on stage and really hammering that show home every night and doing your best and just killing it um, and having that huge high to kind of come back to, you know, not having that every day. It, it's kind of like you got to keep yourself moving so you don't feel like you're, you know, crazy or going crazy or anything. But um, and that's where the songwriting comes in. You know, I do I do my songwriting. Yeah, I uh, produce music um, and I keep myself um, excited about my own career and every day, um, creating something new. What, um, what you, what's inspires you in the, in the music? Um, music is kind of, you know, a lot of it is personal stories. Um, everything, I like to think that when I'm writing a song, because there's, there's, there's a lot of personal, um, obviously effort that goes into it, right? There's a lot of, um, yourself you put into this music if you are writing from your own experience yeah. and that can be quite vulnerable but I think it can also be empowering for two reasons A, if you put your business out there in the world then you're ultimately free I believe um, if everybody knows your business then you have nothing to hide from you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and B 
um, I don't know if I said one, right? Or A and B, <laughs> one and two, whatever. B, number two, um, um, oh God, I lost my train of thought. Oh, if you, if you, if you write something or you do something that's incredibly, that's completely 100% yourself, that is, you know, like I wrote a song and it's, it's, it's by my own experience. Addicted to Your Good Times is a very, despite how poppy it sounds, um, the lyrics kind of have like a 180 where they're incredibly dark. Um, and it is, it comes from a very dark relationship. And now that experience is something that nobody else has lived. And ultimately it's 100% true. So putting that into a song, it, it kind of erases the whole, is it good? Is it bad? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Yeah. And for me, it garnishes a respect of, it just garnishes respect in that, you know, you can't tell me really that my song is good or bad because it was ultimately 100% me. You know, it was in that moment, it was what I felt, what I thought, and because I put that into words in that moment, it's it's fine the way it is. It's absolutely fine the way it is. Well, you know? I, I um, love it. And, oh, thank you. Um, I play it <laughs> a lot on my iPhone. Oh, no. Yeah. I just listened to it today. You said... You said you lost your iPhone? No, no. I play it on my iPhone. Oh, you play it on your iPhone. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought you said you lost your iPhone. On no, iPhone. Oh, no, that's no, no, no. Um, well, good. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it sounds really good in the headphones, man. It's, um, I find a lot of people, and thank you for playing it on your, uh, on your, on your playlist, by the way, putting on the Easter playlist. That was amazing. Um, really, really cool. I could, because like, I released the song back in like, like mid, like late February, um, and you'd caught in wind of it maybe somewhere in March and then put it on the Easter playlist, so that was really cool. It gave me another reason to kind of be re-energized and re-excited about the song. But the general consensus about Addicted to Your Good Times is that, um, sorry, hold on, I have to burp, I'm having a beer right now with oh. you on your, your, <laughs> your podcast because we're keeping it oh. still. Okay. I won't do it in the phone, we're good. Um, but um, <laughs> but the uh, the cool thing about addicted to your good times is a it's called addicted to your good times and b anyone who likes it kind of loves it and they don't they get addicted to it they really do and I find myself doing that is I will play it kind of like on a loop and then not realize that I played it four times in a row yeah um, and I think it's got that kind of pop hypnotism to it um, I recorded it actually you know I say I spend these these times. You know, this past year I've been in Ohio, back and forth. Um, but I found a local recording studio that's just a town over from where I live in North Ridgeville, um, Ohio. This guy produces out of his house. Um, little did I know he would completely understand the vibes that I wanted, completely understand where I'm coming from, um, because all the music and stuff that you hear around it is, is not me producing that. It's, you know, me telling somebody, well, it needs to feel like this, it needs to rush this way, and ooh, I like this sound. And, you know, I have the creative the creative drive over top of it and the handle on it. But like, you know, I really could have handled somebody, handed someone who really does hip hop. And I had no idea he could have turned it into a hip hop track and it could have been a complete mess or something. Not to say that it wouldn't sound good as a hip hop song. I have no idea, but it could have gone in another direction. So I find this guy, um, Curtis Letter, and he does Playroom Audio in North Ridgeville. And he has a guy that he works with, Josh Young, who happens to be somebody that I used to go to his concerts when he was with the band called, believe it or not, Two fuzz in the day. 
um, that now does audio and, and audio engineering. So it was like this crazy um, home base of people that we got together. And I think just because we had that synergy, something really cool that we, we all were happy to be a part of came from it, you know? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun That's, that you got a hold of this guy. Yeah. It's, um, it, it was, I was, I was actually taking guitar lessons from a local dude, um, Drew Doman, who actually has his own band, uh, around here, plays, he's been playing around here forever. My brother, he took like, you know, 12 years of lessons, I forget, seven years maybe, I forget how many years it took from him. He's like, the, he's like the guitar guru of everything, and really a music guru too, he knows everything in and out of music. Um, but he had, you know, I finally said to him, he's like, you know, he was like, play me your stuff, you know, cause I was taking some lessons from him and stuff, he said, I want to hear what you have. And my stuff is very four chordy, six chords total in the song. Maybe it's it's pretty pop formula, um, you know. So he kind of helped me. He was like sent me in the right direction to people that could kind of fill in the gaps and help with the production around it. Um, and then the bare bones structure um, that I had with the songs. So, um, which to say, I'm coming around with a new one. Um, I have one in the studio right now. Uh, parts of it have been recorded already. Um, I have like a third rough draft of it right now. It's not quite right yet. Again, I got to kind of oversee everything and make it how I need it to feel. Um, but it's called Disco Knives. Um, yes, Disco, like a club at Disco and a knife. Mm-hmm. Knives. So um, that one's in production right now. I'm hoping to have it out sooner than later, but um, it still needs a little bit of work. So maybe maybe August. Well, that sounds fine. Yeah, definitely. Is that uh, recorded at the same place at uh, it is recorded at the same place. I might, I might get a couple people, a couple more cooks in the kitchen, um, and see what other people can do it too, um, and just kind of get just more sounds because I think really with the with the track that is this one's very expansive. The first one's a little more simple. This yeah. one's a little bit of a bigger, bolder, um, crazier sound. Yeah. The verses are the verses are. Kind of, I mean, I, like, I can only explain it like how I see it and feel it in my head, but, um, but the verses are a bit of like a weird pop, like maybe One Republic, um, slash Mumford and Sons kind of drive with like a, like you're trotting on a horse through a desert, like up into the, you know, <laughs> yeah. Lone Star State or something. Yeah. But like, and then the choruses are like this strange, like, rush, um, you know, so the, it, it's this strange kind of overwash of, um, of sound. Um, so it kind of really, bam, hits really hard during the verses, and then it slams in the chorus, and it's like a wave crashing. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. So I want, I want to get those two dynamic. I want to get much more, you know, dynamic into it in between those two feelings, um, and then I think it'll be ready. But it just needs a little bit more polarization to it. So if so. you went on a, um, say, if you go on tour, who would you want to go on tour with? Go on tour, like a, like a musician? Yeah. Oh, man. You know who pops into my head, the first, first freaking thing? Well, I mean, if I, if, if there's ever a chance, um, I would love to, love to, love to work with Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, I feel like, is this voice kind of, of the up and coming singer songwriter, you know, and I just really, I really like his music and how I describe my music about coming from a very personal place and it being a story or something that happened in my life or just something that I thought or felt. 
I feel like I get that from his music. Um, and I, I really, I really get that singer songwriter feel and I really appreciate it. And a lot of his roots in his songs seem like they come from the guitar, which I think is so cool because it kind of seems like it's a song that he wrote that he, you know, whether or not he writes everything that's on his albums, I don't know. I think he does. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like it's very personal. And he sounds like a really chill dude to work with. He's got great music, great voice. Um, and I think our two styles would um, complement each other. But there is one artist, dare I say, I would love to work with. Um, I've always been a huge Lady Gaga fan. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, if ever. I mean, I don't think I would ever be quite right um, to go on, you know, a tour with her per se, but just to collaborate or even meet her. I don't even care, man. I'll, I'll like, you know, pass her on the street and say like, I love you. That's all I need, you know? Yeah. Um, but to like actually work with somebody for some reason someday, I'm like, man, I would like to, you know, love to meet her, work with her. Cause I think she's just so cool and so confident. Um, I know that her, she's she has a, a huge self empowerment about herself and I think it's really cool. I know that she's doing a lot of acting now. She is. She's yeah. on the horror story. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I gotta say, man, she had some moments that gave me chills on horror story. In uh, season five, man, she she rocked that hotel and she really was the head bitch on campus. Am I allowed to say bitch on your radio show? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. On your podcast? Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she just she had moments that were really, really chilling. You know, she only said a few words, and I was like, ooh, can feel the frost coming off you, you know? Oof. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so she's a cool chick. Um, I have another question for you. So, yeah. so about, you said you were on a concert back in the day, your favorite concert. What was your favorite concert when you were young? You know, I didn't go see my first concert till I was, God, when was my first concert I went to? You know what? Can I answer with a musical? Sure. I mean, sure. I would love to stick to the... Well, all right. I'll give you both. I'll give you both right here because I feel like it'll give you a good dynamic of who I am as far as doing the theater and the Broadway thing and also having such a passion for music. First concert I ever went to was Pearl Jam. Um, and my mom took me to that. So that'll show you, you know, what our family's all about. Really cool right there. Um so she took me to that for my first concert ever, um, you know, and they were killing it up there and um, really, really just, you know, they, they play they play hard music and they play good music. Um, and um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. Um, they play honest music as well, which I think that you'll find that's my theme a little bit. I like, I like honest music. Um, and then when I was there, so I went to that probably, I went to my concert like late. I was probably like 15, 16. Yeah. Um, like I would say it's pretty late in someone's life to go to their first concert <laughs> maybe I don't know I didn't go to like see any NSYNC or anything or nothing like that yeah. um, although I, I listen to their music for sure <laughs> um, but um, but I went to when I was in fifth grade my family and I took a trip to Toronto because I'm in the Cleveland area we drove up around the lake and went to Toronto, Canada and we saw Phantom of the Opera so the opera was, I mean, when I was a kid, was mind-blowing. Um, it was just this larger-than-life, creepy musical theater spectacle. Um, and I just, I think that influenced me as well, because even the show that I do now, 
you know, I do Chicago, which is a dark show. It's not necessarily, it's funny, it's really funny, but it's not necessarily light, it's not necessarily campy, it's not necessarily like, it's not like Hairspray, you know, yeah. which I've done that show too, and that's, it's fun, it's a great show, love Hairspray, but the darkness in musicals sometimes, well, Hairspray revolves around racism, though, which I, I do love that musical for that as well, so I can't really compare the two, but what I'm trying to point out is I love a good dark musical, um, and that's what I feel like I'm kind of a part of now with Chicago, so I think between the two, I kind of fall somewhere in between on the spectrum of where I write and who I am, um, what I do, that kind of thing. Um, I fall very much between the lines of theater and um, original music. Um, and sometimes I have a hard time really choosing what I want to do and put on, you know. So I, just, I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I just, you know, I'm influenced by both. And I try to do both when I can. Yeah. Have you seen anything good recently? Um, I haven't seen anything recently, but w- when yeah. I was younger, I've seen Cats, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Hairspray. Yeah. I saw that with Diana DeGarmo in it. You know what? I saw her on Broadway with that as well. Um, she was uh, she was Penny. Penny with Pingleton. She was, oh man, she was killing man. That was exciting. Uh, yeah, um, for sure. She was kind of one, like, because she came from an early season of American Idol. Yeah. She was one of the, she was one of the earlier crossovers between um, TV or, like, song contest shows, like American Idol or Voice or whatever. Um, she was one of the first crossovers to go to Broadway and sort of, um, you know, make that, you know, she, she, she made that exchange, I guess, between the two. She was one of the first ones that I had seen anyways. Um, she, I just felt like she killed that part. She absolutely killed it. She, her voice is so good. Yeah, it is. I like it. Yeah. Kind of like most yeah. of and her acting, her too, though. But that's yeah. the thing. It's, it's acting first in my world. I mean, I mean in my books, like, if you, it, obviously, if you sing Layout Bitch, whatever, but you can still sell a song if you know how to act. And she was so funny. She just had all those nerdy things going on about her. She had, like, all these choices she was making. She was killing at them. I can't, like, can't wait for the next album to drop. <laughs> she has uh, <laughs> Of Diana? Yeah. I didn't know she... I, I literally have not listened to any of her music, I don't think. I need to get in the game, man. It's, like, amazing. Is it? Yeah. Are you a big Diana fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Been following Super her for cool. a couple of times. She's been to Kansas City, but I've never been to any of her plays because I was so very busy when she was here. But mm-hmm. for sure, yeah, she's a, she's a pretty cool chick. Was she on that season with Fantasia? Yeah. Uh, okay, now Fantasia, Fantasia Borino. She'll tell you a story, man. Her her color purple performance. Uh, I don't remember what year that was, man. But back in the day, she was she was on Color Purple, in Color Purple on Broadway, and they had her on the Tonys to sing "I'm Here," which is like the most passionate, brilliant song ever. Um, and I, I you can even kind of hear it in the way she's introduced. Some I forget what actress it is, but she introduces her, and she's kind of like, "Here she is, Fantasia," you know, another one of these <laughs> reality song contestant stars here on Broadway, making her. You know, because when someone says, quote-unquote, Broadway debut, it's like, you know, it's, it's, given, it's given to these people 
Broadway debuts are handed out when someone's already famous. Yet you come to someone like me who hasn't made it yet, you know, hasn't really made it and been a name yet, yeah. and we work for our Broadway debut. I mean, I was with Chicago. We're doing theater in New York City for a solid six, seven years before I got on Broadway. But I got on Broadway when I was 25 years old, which is actually a nice, very ripe young age, you know. Yeah. There's, there's by far younger kids than me on Broadway, but, like, to make it to Broadway at 25, like, good, go me. You know what I mean? Like, I can celebrate that. But, you know, for someone like a reality contestant sometimes that, or a celebrity that doesn't really do the stage or whatever, they, they're, they're cast in these musicals to sell tickets, and they're not always good. And it's like, damn, you should have just given the part to someone who deserves it. However, Fantasia, in that performance, if you go watch that performance, you can see why she was given the roles, because she sold that song. And she put her, she put her heart, her everything, her downstairs, her danger zone, she put it in there. She put everything in that song. So did the girl that just did it. I forget what her name is. Um, they just did Color Purple. They did a revival. Um, and she, she, um, she just won the Tony for it. But anyways, but I digress. She's um, very talented. Very talented. Very, very talented. For sure. For sure, man. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm heading back to New York um, next week. Or not next week, sorry. Next month. Um, I'm heading out there again to sublet and get back, get back in the game get back in the New York City game, so I'm hoping to produce more music. I've got a guy that's got his own studio as well out there, a very talented guy um, that I never got a chance to work with uh, before I kind of plucked myself out of the city and just did the touring Ohio thing for a while. Um, so I'm happy. I'm excited to get back and work with some, I mean, I got connections here to work. I got, you know, a guy there. If I want to do some music or whatever, if I have time and, you know, savings and everything to put down on that and work on some stuff and produce some stuff. Um but I'm hoping to get back in the city, get back into that musical theater, grind, go to dance class, take, you know, vocal lessons and all that thing, and um, and produce some of my own original stuff along, just along the ride, too. Do you have an so, apartment, up, pretty, you have apartment up in New York? Say it again? Do you have an apartment up in New York? Apartment? Yeah. No. Um, well, I, I'm subletting. So I'm subletting. Um, in, in New York, subletting is like, you know, Dime a dozen. Everyone's subletting. Everyone's doing this. There's so many actors that are coming and going and doing gigs here and there. And um, I've kind of submitted to just being a gypsy for right now and not really having a home. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, home is where I lay my head or whatever that saying is. Um, and it's true. Um, so I'm just going to sublet and kind of do my thing. Chicago, the tour is currently shut down. We just finished a gig in Pittsburgh um, uh, maybe like a week ago week and a half ago and so we're shut down until 2017 um january february 2017 so i got a solid amount of time off so i'm gonna hit, go back to new york and uh hit up the streets and you know see what's next that's kind of a cool it's kind of like the scary thing but the cool thing of being an actor um you know i'm, I'm a you know a music a musician now i guess you could say too or an artist yeah that way yeah. um but you know it's it's like you you shouldn't ever really be too comfortable, you know, until you until you just made it. You know, you've made it and you've got money sitting back and buy yourself a house or all those things. But you know, in between, even then, don't be too comfortable. But the cool thing is, like, this career always pushes you to you know to sink or swim. You know, I got this time off, and you know, I could I could sit back and you know rest on my laurels or whatever, and wait till Chicago comes around again and hope that they rehire me or whatever, but 
you know, I've been working for Chicago for almost 10 years now, which, so I don't, I don't ever really worry about that per se. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to sit around and wait for that to come. I'm going to go and chase other things, you know, TV film or original music and all those things. And you really, you can't get too comfortable. You got to keep pushing yourself. Um, cause, cause otherwise you'll, you know, you'll plateau. Um, and I think that's what's cool about this career and any career in entertainment. And there's other careers too, but this career makes you driven. You have to be driven to chase it. Um, you have to be driven. You have to keep growing. You have to keep doing new things you never thought you would before. Because if you stay within your own little box and, you know, um, and whatever, then you're not, you're, you're not really gonna keep doing big, amazing things. Um, so that's, that's what I try to do. I try to just keep going. And it's kind of good that we have a nice big break right now because I don't have a, a chance to get comfortable. I have to, like, go out there, find some work, keep going, keep writing, keep experiencing, all that stuff. You're very talented. Oh, well, thank you. I, try, I, just, I just try. I just keep trying. <laughs> even, even if nobody likes what I do, I just try. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, this career makes you have to keep really being, you know, self-empowered and you have to really keep, you have to, you have to truly be, you know, I think you have to be one of your biggest critics to push yourself. I don't know, maybe I'm saying that wrong, but I don't know, maybe it's a bit, a bit of truth in there, but also you have to be your best friend, you know, cause you just got to keep going. There's, there's a lot of no's before you get a really good yes, you know? Um, and amidst the seas of no's, the sea of no's, um, you have to keep pushing yourself for sure and believe in your talent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I like to say is, um, I mean, cause it's true is sometimes when you go to school with all these musical theater people, right? You go to school with all these people and they're all really talented. A lot of the most, like the most talented people that you have in your class, the people that are you know, the one singing the highest notes and doing the, the, the craziest dance move or whatever, you know, jumping into the splits, they're not always the ones who are going to work. It's going to be the kid behind them who really, 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 really wants to dance or sing like them or who really, really, really wants to do it. It's someone with drive because if those people don't get cast a couple of times, whatever, and they give up, and I'm not saying super talented people are lazy. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying if you don't have drive, you're not going to make it. And I've seen a ton of people um, from my past kind of, you know, hang up their career. Just kind of, you know, whatever, just chill out or they're just not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. It's their own journey. It's their own thing. But there's a lot of people, it's, it's you're going to get a lot, you're just going to, you're going to get a lot of notes before you get a yes. And you have to keep going no matter how many years it is. If you keep, if you keep putting that energy in the universe and you keep working hard, you're going to get it. In whatever you do, you're going to get it. At, at some time, you'll get it. That's what I believe in. That's awesome. Yeah, man, you got me talking. I'm just like yeah, talking in that's a, that's a good. You got, that's good. Um, well, you ever, <laughs> you, if you ever want to come down to Delaware, I'll be around in Delaware. <laughs> For sure, man. For sure, doing, uh, doing the DJing thing, man. You're great at that. You're yeah. great, dude. I love the, your playlists are epic. And the fact that you do it for, I actually want to thank you, A, for this interview, but B, for, well, two things, <laughs> three things, sorry. A, for this interview, B, for putting me, um, 
on your Easter playlist for my song, which was awesome. Addicted to your good times got hit because of that, and I could reshare it and everything. It was so cool. Um, and uh, C for taking really, really, really quality. I mean, I like to think quality um, independent music um, and featuring them. I think that's awesome because I mean, you didn't hear one mainstream song in there, um, and it was all people probably that do this, that, you know, do the grind and go out and produce their own music, and you gave them a whole playlist, and you gave them a feature, and that's really cool, man. So, you know, congrats to you, and thank oh, you. thanks. I have one more... Oh, oh, that's great that you're happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very happy, thank you. Um, the last one, where can people listen to your music at, or find you at? Um, you, can, you can find me anywhere... I feel like I heard this on on a show the other day, like someone's like, oh, you can find it wherever good music is sold. Um, you can find it at iTunes, uh, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, whatever, Apple Music, it's, it's everywhere. I put, I put that song everywhere. Um, so I got to type in, it's my name, Brent Huser, B-R-E-N-T-H-E-U-S-E-R, and then Addicted to Your Good Times, and that's the number two, your, you are, good times, Addicted to Your Good Times. Um, and you'll find that song, you'll find it anywhere, man. Um, if you want to hear it, if you want to listen to it, you don't have to go far to find it. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, TallGuy223, uh, TallGuy223. You'll find me. Um, I'm Snapchatter, BHuser23, blah, 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 blah. I do them all. But TallGuy223, and then, you know, if you look up my song, you'll find it on any music platform. Um, I'm also a very avid social media person. I like to post several funny things or... You know, I see, like, in my videos about my nieces and stuff and everything, so I um, I keep it light, I keep it fun, I keep it productive, things that I'm doing, and nothing too heavy. There's, there's too much too much crap going on in the world right now, man. Too much, too much darkness, too much craziness. I like to be the jester in the middle of it, just kind of making fun of things or keeping a light or making fun of myself and, uh, you know, writing a cool song for people to enjoy. Um but that's pretty much where you can find me. All those good things. Okay. So, <laughs> well, that's yeah. great. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Absolutely, anytime. And maybe um, if I'm in the Delaware area or whatever, I'll come down and uh, hang out at your radio show or something. See you. See you in action. Hey, this is Brent Huser, and you're listening to my brand new single, "Addicted to Your Good Times," on the one, the only, <laughs> Tune the World Out radio show. Flying faster than I've ever fallen I, E, I The Miami sun was calling But you said no, babe, I'm falling I, E, I Will they have stayed in my arms Just a little bit longer Oh, oh And I said, baby, I Think something's going on You said, I know I know Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to your good times Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to you Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to your good times So I'm not leaving you Tonight I fall in love for the very first time Tonight, and tomorrow's not enough When it's you and I Tonight, tonight 
Another whiskey ginger, please. This love has got me on my knees. I, the I. In between the sun and stars, it's a place I saw your heart. I, the I. Well, they stayed in my arms just a little bit longer. Oh, oh. And I said, babe, what's love if it don't cause a little trouble? Now I know. I know. I know. Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to your good times. Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to you. Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to your good times. So I'm not leaving you. Tonight I fall in love for the very first time. Tonight and tomorrow's not enough when it's you and I. Tonight, 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 I'm addicted to your good times. Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to you. Tonight, tonight, I'm addicted to your good times. So I'm not leaving you. Touch something so familiar. Can I hold you? This rush and make it last forever, forever. We were standing by the A line. The sun was rising, running out of time, and I looked you deep in the eye. I said, Don't wanna go home. Don't feel like feeling alone. Can I get addicted to your? Faster than I've ever fallen, I, I.